I think that's all the announcements. We're going to jump right in. We're actually starting a brand new series this week. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Like I mentioned last um, week, this has been a series that I've wanted to share um, for about, um, I said five to six years. I think it's actually been longer than that. Um, Just so you know, full disclosure, uh, about eight years ago, I think, is basically when this actually happened. I read a book, and this book was entitled uh, Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. And um, it's a book that I read that really began to stir some things in my heart. Since then, I've read other books that kind of go a little bit along with this this topic. But I'm going to be using some of his ideas and things like that. I want to make sure he gets the credit he deserves for for this. But we're going to kind of use that as kind of our guide. But the title of the series that we're moving into this week is basically this. Hello, my name is Jesus. I remember, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever gone in a place where maybe you were, there were a bunch of people you don't know or things like that, and they hand out these little stickers, and basically you write on there with your, your Sharpie what your name is. And I always thought that was funny because whenever you do that, if you've ever been in a situation like that, it's very hard to have a conversation with somebody without them looking, you know, at, you know, at your sticker. You know, so they come up and they go, you know, they're like looking not in your face, but at your sticker because they want to know your name. And so basically what I want to do and what this series really is about is going to be about Jesus and about us being reintroduced to him. Now, I know that some of you have grown up in the church and you've experienced Christ and all these sort of things. But here's the thing I think that we all need to understand. Jesus is so huge and so amazing and so wonderful that we're going to literally spend all of eternity looking into all the parts of who he is. And I want to start that today. I want to look at some things and journey through some things that we look at when we find Jesus. Because I think there's a lot here that we need to still unpack. And there's a lot here that we want to look at. But I have a question for you. When you think about Jesus, what comes to mind? Simple question. When you think about Jesus, what comes to mind? Coffee, Javaluya. Okay. Inside joke. Okay. When you think about Jesus, what comes to mind? Cross. Okay. What else? Love. Ooh, these are good. I didn't know you would actually respond. <laughs> Not a problem, but I'm, just, I'm like, okay, this is good, you know. But what comes to mind? I, I, I actually did this this week, um, and, and for, 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 for those of you that don't know me, um, or, or kind of what we're doing, this is going to be kind of our introduction to our series uh, this week, and then next week we'll get into a little bit more different things. But um, I, I actually just Googled this week as I was putting all this together, um, I just put in images of Jesus, or pictures of Jesus. And, and I, I pulled a couple off the web because I wanted to show you. So, so Nathan, if you want to put the first one up, um, these are some pictures that came up. Are they back there? Oh, it's okay, man. There's one. Remember that one? I think my grandparents had one real similar to this. Oh, actually, maybe that's, yeah, I think they had one very similar to this up in their house when I was a kid, you know, and so you'd always go and, and you'd see that one. So that one came up. Okay, Nathan, let's fill up the next one. That one. That one's from um, Jesus of Nazareth, which was a miniseries. And, and I remember as a kid that being on, you know, and watching that and things like that. This was, this was as a kid, I was always, why is Jesus so sad? You know? Or, or, or you know, sad-looking Jesus there. Okay, I put the next one up. There's that one. Kind of the glowing Jesus, you know? Um, that looks good. Okay, Nathan, get the next one. You got that one. I always liked these ones because I always, as a kid, I was always like, why does Jesus have plates behind his head? You know? And then that one. I know that one's hard to see. 
But that one actually, I put that one last because I want to put that one last. That one is, is um, from The Passion of the Christ. You remember that movie that came out? Um, and I want to talk about that one real quick. And you can leave that one up there before we move into the next one. But, but this was, this was uh, I remember going to the theater. And I don't go to a lot of movies. You know, some of you know me that, know that about me. But, but The Passion of the Christ was in the theaters. And so I remember we went and saw The Passion of the Christ. And it was a very um, interesting movie for lots of reasons and there was it was it was it was hard to watch in some areas and things like this but but out of all of that and I think that movie came out in like 2002 or something or maybe 2004 but out of all of that movie this was my favorite scene this was my favorite scene of this movie this is the scene that has stuck with me throughout these years Okay, and I want to tell you a little bit about the scene. In this scene, Jesus is in basically a house area. Mary is there, his mother. And basically he is, as a carpenter, and he's working, and he's basically building a table. Okay? Now we have to stop and remember something. Tables at Jesus' time were shorter than this. Okay? They were low to the ground, and people would recline at them, and they basically, like if they were sitting here, they'd put pillows, and they'd lay back this way with their feet this way, and they would sit there, and they would eat. And Jesus is making a table that looks like something that we would buy at Ikea. Okay? Except much nicer quality, I'm sure. You know? And not... Uh, if you buy tables from Ikea, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... Okay. Anyway... <laughs> I was like, boy, that was a jerk thing to say. And I didn't mean it that way. Sorry. Anyway, it's a tall table. And Jesus is working on this table. And his mother comes out. And it's this tall table. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you making? He's like, I'm making a table. And it's like, for who? And he's like, oh, this, this, this rich guy, he wants a table. And she goes, but it's too tall. And again, it's a table normal. And he says, oh, he wants a tall table. And so Jesus, at the table, kind of squats down. He puts his arms like we would sit, like at a table. And he's sitting there like this. And he's like, see, he wants a tall table. And his mother walks over and she's all confused. And she's got a, a pitcher of water and a cup. And she sits down and she's trying to like pour the water. And she's very uncomfortable because this is so unnatural for her. And she's just like this. And she makes this comment. She goes, this will never catch on. And Jesus laughs and he smiles. Now, why does Jesus laugh and smile? Because he knows everything. He knows it's going to catch on. And he laughs. And he smiles. His mom looks at him and says, let's go get something to eat. And he's like, okay. And so he goes, and his first thing, what's his mom say? His mom says, you got to wash up first. Even Jesus had to wash. And so she pours water into his hand. And he kind of washes and he takes water. Now listen to this. You've got to catch this. This is beautiful. Okay. And he splashes his mom with water. And he laughs. There is something holy and absolutely intimate and absolutely amazing about knowing that Jesus. I want to meet him. I love the love, the compassion, the holiness of Christ. And those are all awesome things. I want to focus on some deeper things that go along with Jesus that we sometimes miss. 
you see, we put those pictures, and I chose those on purpose because they seem to be this very clean Jesus, this very holy Jesus. And please don't misunderstand this. That is exactly what he is. He is holy, holy, holy. Remember, he was all God and all man. I want to get a hold of the man side of Jesus. I want to see what the personality of Jesus really is. And that's something beautiful, too. And that's something, quite honestly, in the church we have missed. Do you know how hard it was as I started to prepare for this and have been preparing for it literally for eight years, roughly, trying to come up with material that would help me figure this out? We turned Jesus into kind of a statue. We kind of turned him into this statue that we can't really penetrate. I want to break down those things. And I want us to fall in love with Jesus again. Because here's what I truly believe. The more we know about Jesus, the more we will love him. Jesus is one of those people that as we understand and as we begin to pull back the layers and begin to see not just his holiness and how, how he did, but, 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 his, but his sense of humor and his generosity and his personality and all these things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. I believe strongly that we are going to fall in love with him more and more and more and more. And it's going to be beautiful. Our text for this series is going to be found in Philippians 3. In Philippians 3, we're going to start with the, uh, the New Living Translation, and then we're going to jump to the Amplified Version. But this is what it says. Paul here is writing. And in, in starting with verse number 5, he writes this. It says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church and was for as and as for righteousness I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And this is our main scripture. This is what we're going to be focusing in on here is verse number 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. If you look at the Amplified Version, and we just focus on verse number 10a, this is what it says, and I think this is awesome. I think this is what we need to catch, when we, and we're going to look here in just a second of what Paul was really meaning. But this is what it says. It says, for my determined purpose, what, what Paul wants, what his purpose in life is, what he looks at in this moment, he goes, this is what I'm determining to get. This is what I want, that I may know him. Now, what does that mean? He says that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Jesus, we love you so much. And we are here to learn about you. It is all about you. And so, Father, we cry out like Paul. We want to know you. Every part of you. 
every facet of your personality, every amount of who you are. Because Jesus, Jesus, the more we know you, the more we're going to love you. The more we love you, the more we're going to be obedient to you. It just is amazing how all this is going to flow together because you put this together in this way. We love you and we thank you. We ask that you just help as I share these words for them to change our lives because of your power and your goodness. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, like I said, this is kind of be an intro, kind of a, a message. We're kind of kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to do. I do kind of want to give you an idea of what this is going to look like so you know. Today, again, we're going to lay some groundwork down so you kind of know kind of what the overarching theme of this is. And then the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about specific things that we, I want to talk about and focus in on. Now, again, we get focusing on love and compassion and mercy and all those are great and those are awesome. But, you know, we focus on those a lot. We want to talk about some of the things that maybe we don't focus in on quite so much, okay? And so that's what we're going to be doing the next several weeks. We're going to talk about specific things about Jesus' personality to help us understand him a little bit better, understand what he's wanting us to see in him, for us to be able to live our lives in a certain way as well, okay? So basically that's what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks as we talk about this series, uh, Hello, My Name is Jesus. But first we're going to kind of look at Paul and what he was writing here. Now, I went back and looked at the original Greek because I wanted to kind of figure out, because I don't know about you, I kind of grew up hearing this scripture. You know, I want to know Christ. And I want to say, well, what does that really mean? What was Paul really trying to communicate? So I kind of went back and we looked at the original Greek. Now, this is in your notes. I'm going to be reading them from there because um, I thought it was easier just to kind of have it all there and we can talk about it in a second. It says this. It says, to know is translated from the word. Now, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know Greek all that well. I'm not sure if this is um, genosco or... You can read it. It's right there. Um, But it's the Greek word. And what this word speaks of is attaining of a personal or experimental knowledge. Okay? So this is more than what we normally think. This is deeper. When Paul is writing this, he's meaning something a little bit deeper just as to know. In other words, it basically means this is not just an intellectual knowledge of the facts, but is a personal experience of something or someone. Um, We were in our uh, community groups um, last week, and we were talking about um, the intro of the book that we're going through. It's called A Meal with Jesus, and we had a great time in our group, and, and actually the one I went to was, was Paul and Karen's group, and Emily and I are going to kind of jump back and forth between groups because we want to have a chance to be with everybody. But, but we were talking about it, and one of the questions in the, the study guide that we're going through is, was talking about having a meal with Jesus. What would it be like to have a meal with Jesus? And what was interesting is, is Paul is in our group, and I'm going to kind of tell you a little story on Paul real quick. Um, and, and, and we were talking about that, and he had no idea, I hadn't told anybody, um, what we were going to be doing for our series. And Paul kind of makes this, this, this statement, I'm not exactly sure exactly like, like what he said, but basically he said, you know, sometimes when I read the Bible, he said, it's sometimes the Bible seems like it's kind of the X and O's of Jesus. You get what I mean? It's kind of like Jesus did this, and he went here, and he said that, and he did this, and he did that. And it's almost like the Bible sometimes can, can kind of, especially as we look at the Gospels of Jesus, can kind of turn into almost like an, a biography of what he did. Now, here's the thing. I think the Bible is a biography in a lot of ways, but I also think it's a love story. I think there's something there that's deeper than just Jesus did this, went here, and did that. 
And Paul here is talking about that. He's not talking about the fact that he has an intellectual knowledge. Remember what he talks about before all this. He begins to talk about, hey, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I, I was a Pharisee. I did this. I did that. Do you realize what he's saying here? He's basically communicating that he has all the knowledge you could possibly have. Most Pharisees, most people that were trained by Paul didn't just know the Old Testament. They had memorized the Old Testament. Okay? We getting this? This guy was sharp. This guy knew stuff. This is the guy that when he was transformed from Saul to Paul, had Jesus literally show up, knock him off his donkey, and have a conversation with him. You would think if there was anybody that basically could have this idea or this thought, you know, Jesus, I know you pretty well, it probably would have been Paul. But Paul's reaction is, listen, I got all this stuff, and it's almost like Paul's sitting there going, and it's not quite enough. I want more. I desire more. Because here's the thing. Remember, Paul spoke Hebrew just as well as he spoke Greek. And he would have known this. Look in your notes. It says this. The Hebrew word, and I'm assuming this is yada. Okay? Could be wrong, but yada. That's the word for to know. Okay? To know. And that's where we get this translated of the, the, the ginsko or whatever it is in the Greek. Now, here's what we need to understand about this. In Genesis 4, 1, Moses records that Adam knew, meaning that Hebrew word, yada, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. Okay. So here's the thing. Also, I didn't put it in here, but as I was studying this and looking at this, we also see the same word as basically Mary and Joseph, okay? Now, basically, the word that it was used there when Matthew wrote it in his gospel was basically that Joseph did not yada Mary until Jesus was born, okay? Do we, do we all understand? We all had the talk. Okay, good, okay? Now, what is Paul saying here as he's writing this, okay? He is talking about an intimate knowledge of Jesus, a deep knowledge of Jesus, a knowledge that is not a passing one, it's not an acquaintance, it's a close, intimate relationship. Can I ask you a question? Do you have that type of relationship with Jesus? Is Jesus to us just kind of that thing? I mean, let's, let's just remember what the Bible talks about. How, do we, how are we described in Scripture so much as the church? We're described as the bride of Christ. Do you think that was an accident? You think that, that as Paul was writing that or as, as Jesus is expressing that idea and that concept, it just magically happened? No. There is something we have to understand about the intimacy that Jesus desires to have with us. That is beautiful, that is amazing, that is more than what we have experienced before. As Paul is writing this, he's literally thinking about wanting to have this, that type of relationship with Jesus that close and that intimate. That's what he's wanting. That's what he's desiring. That's what he needs. Now, to have those things in the biblical concept, we need to know that person. We need to understand that person. One of the things that I've talked about that's so cool that I've learned in, in my marriage is, is, I remember as a kid hearing these people, and I've said this before, is that they would look and they would say, it would be like somebody's 50th wedding anniversary. You know? You go to somebody's 50th, and oh, how cool is that? So amazing. And basically, the husband and wife will talk, and they'll say something like this. I love her now more than when I met her. 
How? How? How is that possible? It's because there's an intimacy there that's grown over time. There's an intimacy there that has been cultivated. Listen, intimacy in the biblical sense, in the way that God wants it, is not something that takes magic words and just magically happens. It takes time. It takes cultivation. It takes you purposely driving towards that goal. Now, what's awesome about this is that's what Jesus wants with you. And so he's moving that direction. He's opening himself up to you so you can experience that with him. But if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to move that direction, listen, your closeness with Jesus will stay where it is today and it'll stay there. It's not going to magically happen. It's not going to just poof. And all of a sudden, a year from now, you're going to be closer to Jesus. It has to be something that we work on together. It's something that we grow into together so that we can have that conversation a year from now. You know, I know Jesus more today than I did yesterday. You know, I love him more than I ever have. Why? Because I know him more. Because I know who he is more. Because I have that type of relationship. Listen, have you ever met somebody and it's just like they have this really, really, really close relationship with God? You ever, you ever met somebody like that? It's like, it's like they and God kind of have this, like, close, like, it's almost like they're walking down the street and God will be like, hey, Joe. And they're like, yeah, what's up? You know, and it's, it's just this, this really, do you realize that that has been cultivated in some cases over decades? I think we kind of forget that sometimes. We think that we're just, we're going to get saved, and then a year from now this is going to happen, and then it's just going to, listen, this is going to be something we've got to work at and know him. I know my wife today more than I did when I married her. Why? Because I've worked and we've worked on our relationship together. I know her better now. My wife will go to a restaurant, okay? She'll, she can order for me. Now, that's because I'm pretty simple in my ordering skills, but you know what I mean? But at the same time, she knows. She knows me so well. And what's amazing is we haven't been married really that terribly long. Some of you have been married for 30, 35, 40 years. It's amazing. And you know each other so well. Listen, I want that with Jesus. I think Jesus wants that with us. He came to make himself known. And not just known in a small way, but in a huge way. Check this out. Paul's aim is not to just know about Christ, but to know him personally and intimately. Now listen to me and hear me and hear my heart on this, okay? That does not mean we don't study, okay? Got it? We study. Listen, listen, listen. If you don't study your spouse, that might be an issue, okay? It's a good idea to learn them. And sometimes that comes from different types of things. And so this is not about, and this series is not about, okay, hey, listen, all, all your commentaries and all the stuff and all the books you read, yeah, I just throw them in the garbage. No, 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 no. This is a part of all this. This is a holistic view of this understanding. Okay? But what Paul here is saying is, listen, head knowledge is great, but there's more. Okay? And I would flip the coin and say, you know what? Heart knowledge is good. There also needs to be some head knowledge, too. All of these things are working together to give us a more, 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 more clear picture of our God. Okay? And let's remember this, because I think this is important to catch, too. Jesus was very clear on this. He said, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So as we learn about Jesus, we're learning about our dad, too. Because he was a perfect copy of his father. 
And that's important to catch. Because God is kind of kind of this, I mean, this sounds kind of weird because uh, a couple years ago, I think a guy wrote a book. I can't remember if it was Francis Chan or somebody else. And he wrote a book. I think it was called The Forgotten God. I think it was. And it was about the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a great title and things like that. But I also think God, God is kind of the forgotten God. We've kind of relegated him to this idea of Old Testament and long beard staff and lightning bolts. And that's not who he is. And here we're learning about his son, which is a perfect copy of his, of his dad. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So this is an understanding of all those things. But why are we doing this? What is this really all about? Let's look at this. Three questions we need to ask ourselves. And again, I understand this is a little different than what we usually do. But as an intro, I thought this would work. Okay? Three questions to ask ourselves. And we need to ask ourselves this as we look at these things. Number one, how can we deeply love Jesus if we don't know him? How can we deeply love him? Now listen, we can have a surface relationship with Jesus all day long. You can know when to stand up. You know when to sit down. You know when to raise your hands. You, know, you, you can know all the stuff. You can, you can come to me and say, I would, remember, remember Bible quiz? Remember that? Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? Eh. Interruption. Ooh, that, that kid. Ooh, that was a kid. That just, mm. That'd be like, get, let, let me get the question out. You know, like, eh. interruption. And he would say it, you know. And, and it was awesome. But it really frustrated me. Listen, listen, we can know Christ. And that is not what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about, and please hear me. He's talking about knowing Jesus. There's lots of people that know about him, but do we really know him? Okay? How can we really love him if we don't know him? How can we truly give ourselves completely to him if we don't trust him? Which trust and love go together, guys. Jesus wants us to love him and know him intimately. So if we want to love him more, we got to know him better. And it's more than just knowing, okay, he did this and he went here and this is what he said. We got to understand the heart behind what he said in a deeper way. So the first thing, how can we deeply love Jesus if we don't know him? Number two, how can we be like him and act like him if we don't know him? I mean, isn't that the goal? We're disciples. We're supposed to be like Jesus, aren't we? We wore in the 90s bracelets, the WWJD on them. What did that really mean? It meant I'm going to act like Jesus. But listen, if we don't know him, how can we act like him? If we don't know his personality, if we don't know the depth of who he was, how can we respond to things like he did? That's a simple question. But it's something we got to understand. Listen, listen, you got to hear me on this. The world doesn't need another Aaron. It doesn't need another Steve. It doesn't need another Marissa. All those people are amazing. But the world don't need another one of us. They need Jesus. How are we going to show them Jesus? By acting like him. By being his ambassador. How do you, how are you an ambassador for Jesus? You act like him. You respond to things like him. You talk like him. You have the same attitude as him. But how do you do that if you don't know him? I mean, how many times have you heard a pastor say, we got to be like Jesus? What does that even mean? Okay, um, i got to be like Jesus. Okay, I'm at a dinner party and we ran out of food. Am I supposed to multiply things? What do I do? What does that mean? 
Listen, we can't act like him if we don't know him. We don't know who he is. Listen, one of the coolest things and one of the scariest things about being a dad, especially if you're a dad of a little boy, and this happens if you're usually if you're a mom of a little girl, is they, they act like you. That's scary. They're learning you. They want to be, listen, they want to be just like dad. How do they, how do they know that? By being with you, by watching you, by learning you. Listen, simple. If you want to be like Jesus, are you learning who he is? Are you learning how he's going to respond? And we can learn that, yes, in some ways by looking at things. But here's the thing about the Bible that's awesome, but that, that is, is kind of also missing. How many of you like text messages? Anybody? Oh, aren't you sweet? I hate them. You know why? Because I can get into trouble, okay? I'm sometimes, not all the time, but every once in a while, I, I kind of like to tease a little bit. You know how hard it is to tease over text message? You know how much trouble I've gotten into with text message teasing? Because you know what? They don't, they don't see the glint in my eye. They don't see the wink. In, and I'll say something to Easton. It's like, you know, Easton, you know, we, we got him a cookie a couple days ago. And it was this big old cookie the size of his noggin. And it was good. And he ate just a little bit of it, you know. And I said, well, I'll take it to the, um, I'll take it to the kitchen. And he said, okay, thanks, Dad. And I said, and I'm going to eat it as I go. <gasps> oh, wait a minute, you know. And he's all, and I turned around and gave him a glint, a little, a little grin. He's like, Dad. You know, sometimes I miss about the Bible that I think God wants to reveal to us through his Holy Spirit. Those moments where Jesus would say something with that twinkle in his eye. Okay? With that smile. I think we can understand him a little bit more if we could see that. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it just is. But I think it's there. I think we can find it. I think we can find it. And I think we can respond in the way that Jesus would respond even more if we know those things. And so if we can't act like him, we can't be like him if we don't know him. The final thing, how can we represent him to our world if we don't know him? I kind of brought this up just a few minutes ago. Listen, the world needs Jesus, folks. And they don't need a stone statue, Jesus. They just don't. They just don't. They need a Jesus that they can have a relationship with. They need a Jesus that they can, oh, listen here, hear me, relate to. I love the scripture that says that Jesus experienced all the things that we experienced yet without sin. You know what that means? It means that anything you emotionally go through, anything that you face, Jesus felt it before you. That's amazing. I love that I can go to my Jesus and say, here's this stuff. And I know he's had first-hand account. He's been there too. And listen, I want to bring, because listen, let, let's just be honest. Okay, can we just be honest? There is a lot of really, 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 really bad representations of Jesus in our culture. There just is. I want to know him so that I can bring forth the, the, the representation that is true, that is right, that is good. Because I see in scripture when Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. Why isn't that happening? I really believe this. It's because we're not really holding up Jesus. 
we're holding up our idea of him or what we want him to be or what we think he should be instead of knowing him so intimately that we can place him up and say, here is Jesus. And the world goes, my goodness, I got to have some of that. How amazing would that be if we as people knew Jesus that well? You see, the, the thing is, we have this, hello, my name is Jesus. Part of this is being introduced to Jesus, and part of this is being us being able to introduce him to others. Being able to say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about his love and his grace, but also let me tell you about his sense of humor. Let me tell you about his outrageous generosity. Let me tell you about his, how smart Jesus was. I want to know him like that. That's the Jesus I want to find too. And I think if we can, I think it'll change everything. Because in that moment, we see him for as he is. And it's beautiful. As we close, if the worship team wants to come on up. Nathan, can you put the John 15 up there, please? Thank you. In John 15, 15, we see this beautiful verse, and there, there's a lot here, and so you can look deeper if you want. Thanks, guys. But in John 15, 15, it says this, and it's a really cool scripture. Now, listen, I, I know this is going to sound weird, okay, but I did do this this week because I just want to be sure that what I'm communicating is, is what God wants to do. And I, did not, I'm not, I didn't go back in the original Greek and the Hebrew and all that sort of stuff, but I did kind of look back at several different translations Okay, this is in the New Living Translation, which I like and use quite a bit. But I went back and I looked at the King James Version and I looked at um, the NIV and I, and I just looked at a bunch of them. And you know what was interesting to me? I thought they would be different, but they all really had the same idea. They all used a word here that we're going to focus in on. And it kind of surprised me because I kind of thought maybe this was more of a modern understanding, okay? But even a Bible that was translated hundreds and hundreds of years ago used the same word. And it says this, it says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confine in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Every translation I looked at used the same word, friends. Since I have told you everything the fathers told me, listen, I, am, I think if you guys know me at all, you know I am, I am not one of these guys that just grabs a hold of one particular um, aspect of Jesus and, 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 and I, I try to grab as many as I can. But look, look, guys, this is what Jesus says to us. He says, you are my friends. He's Lord of Lord, King of Kings, all those things. Please don't run to a place you don't need to. Hear my heart. But folks, he's also a friend. Do you know him like a friend? Have you experienced the friendship of Jesus? I mean, what an, um, listen, we just finished 21 days of fasting and prayer. And it was awesome. I enjoyed it so much. I am already looking forward to next year. Now, I know I can do it, but, but, but as a family, doing it together, I am so, listen, we're going to do it every January, okay? Just, just put it on your calendars, okay? Did you, can I, 
Did you experience Jesus as friend during that time? Did you experience that type of relationship with him? Because he calls you friend. This isn't us responding to God and saying, Jesus, will you be my friend? No, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, which we are. And he's called us friends. He says, listen, I've let you in on things. I've told you who I am. I've expressed these things. Listen, Jesus wants to be there for you. Jesus wants to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Those aren't my words. Those are his words. I was talking to, to John Gardner, and we were putting some things on the website. And I know some of you have heard me say this before, and it's kind of weird, and it kind of almost sounds like you're, I'm five. But hear the heart behind it, because we put it on, on the internet. He said, if Jesus had a favorite color, would you know what it was? What I mean by that is quite simply this. Do you know him that well? For something that really, honestly, does it matter all that much? No, but you know what? It shows some intimacy there. Because that's the type of relationship that Jesus wants with you. How do I know? Because every hair on your head is numbered. He knows you that way. And he's invited us to do the same. And we as a family, for the next several weeks, are going to go on a journey together. We're going to discover some of those things that may have been lost over the centuries. When we've turned Jesus into a statue we've missed some of those little things that Jesus the ways that Jesus comes alive again there's something special about that something amazing about knowing him as a friend and listen he is inviting us to do so he is literally saying come be my friend come know me like that Yes, I'm Lord of Lords, King of Kings. All the, the fancy schmancy words, you Jehovah Jireh, all the stuff, all the spiritual great, all of it, all of it, all of it. And in this moment, he says, you are now my friend. You know, the greatest thing about knowing Jesus is coming together as a family and finding out who he is together. I'm so excited about this excited about learning about this together I can't wait to see light bulbs come on in my heart and in yours as we go oh that's cool wow Jesus did that that's neat oh I never saw that before man Jesus was cool man that's awesome that he responded that way oh Lord can you help me respond that way when I face similar circumstances this is going to be so excited to go on this journey with you. Father, we come to you right now. We thank you. Father, you have invited us to know you. You invited us to come into the holy of holies and you have desired to make yourself known to us. Father, you're not far away. You want us to know you. How do I know that? You sent a carbon copy of yourself and you lived on this planet for 33 years. Jesus, we know a lot of what you said. We know about what you did. Oh, that's so good. And oh, that's so important. But Jesus, I want to know more. Because I believe that as I know you more, I'll love you more. And when 
when I love you more, I'll worship you more. And I'll be more obedient to you. And I'll be more like you as I learn these things. Jesus, the bottom line is this. If we're going to be your disciples, if we're going to be your followers, when we really look at what that means, it means that we are going to be just like you. And that means not only just like you when we're in this building, but when we leave it. When we talk to people at work or school or our family. We want to be like you, not just in the things that we consider consider spiritual, but in every aspect of our lives. That's what we need. That's what we desire. And I truly believe that's what the world needs. Because I believe what scripture says. And I believe that when we express who you are, the real you, the full you, the you that you desire to reveal to us, when that happens, Father, people are drawn to you like a moth to a flame. Because deep down in all of us, we were created to need you. So, Father, as we journey in this together, Father, over the next several weeks, Father, I pray that there would be a new openness to these things. That we would not allow a spirit of religion or religiosity to keep us from knowing you intimately and knowing your laugh, knowing your smile, knowing that as you, as you, I'm not saying you you did the table thing, but I truly believe you did things like it. Jesus, you are all God and all man. And we want to know you fully because you are amazing and awesome. So, Father, open our hearts, open our lives to meet you, to be reintroduced to who you are.